So Jagmeet Singh, the bell of the ball, you know, the star of the show, the yin to Justin Trudeau's yang. Why is he falling so flat? I mean, this is a guy that, you know, GQ magazine gushed over for his fashion greatness, propping him up to be a threat to Trudeau, whose style has pretty much fizzled. And there was really never substance to begin with. Well, now, just over a year from the next federal election, the NDP leader still does not have a seat in Parliament. They've had a very weak uh, showing in the recent Quebec by-election, dropping nine points. And the big problem is they are not raising money. So donations for the party are down. And if they want to compete in the 2019 election, they have to have cash. It costs about $40 million to run a federal campaign. And right now, they're at about 10. And the rumor mill is starting to spin behind the scenes that they might have to cut their losses and get a stronger leader by 2019. Paging Mr. Mulcair. Paging Mr. Mulcair. Anyone? Uh, let's bring in Carl Belanger, who's the uh, president o- of the Douglas Coldwell Foundation. And he was the interim national director of the NDP Party of Canada. He joins me now. Carl, you know, I think a lot of people had very, very high hopes for Jagmeet Singh. You know, they were looking at him as the one guy who could likely take on Justin Trudeau. Why has he fallen so flat? Uh, it's not clear yet, uh, but it's not working right now. The message is not resonating, and and people are going to have to check uh, in and do some research and do some focus groups and try to figure things out, because certainly... Uh, people had high hopes and expectations after the brilliant leadership race he ran and, and, and the clear victory he had during that, that race. So it's not translating right now outside of the Democrat circle, and, and it's a big problem. It is. Um, and, and so does that kind of beg the question, you know, you got all style and no substance? Well, certainly the, the, whatever message is trying to convey uh, is not uh, penetrating uh, with voters. It's not, it's not getting true. Um, so, you know, but the answer is usually not policy. Uh, it's not about policy. It's about figuring out which issues Canadians care about and what solution can propose to these problems they're facing in their daily lives. Um, but right now, what have we heard about Jack Nipping and the NDP in the past few months? Well, there's been a lot of distraction, uh, some uh, sexual harassment complaints, yeah. some issues with caucus management, uh, not really stuff that is riveting for the Canadian public and uh, and clearly uh, there's a need to refocus the message. Okay, and so how long, look, we're not that far from a federal election, dare I say that. At what point does it become a real panic? Because right now you need probably about, th- your par- the party needs about $30 million more uh, to actually run a federal campaign and they're nowhere near that. So at what point does it become a real crisis? Well, it will be a real crisis soon if, if they don't start raising the money that's needed. I mean, if the goal is to compete for government, uh, right now they are not on track to have the amount of money necessary to run a full-fledged campaign. Uh, so the Democrats are worried. They're trying. I mean, things have improved since his arrival compared to the, um, the, 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 the big fallout that happened after the 2015 election and the mm-hmm. further drop that happened once the people decided that Mulcair was no longer the man to lead the party. But it's slow. The progress is very slow and, and time is running out. It is. And so do you think it was a strategical mistake then for him not to get a seat and, and become part of uh, Parliament and part of the question period? Because, you know, Thomas Mulcair may not have won the election, 
but he was the best, and I think out of all three federal leaders and parties, he was fantastic in question period, and that gave him a lot of uh, bench strength, so to speak. So is it a mistake that we have not seen Jagmeet Singh perform and put himself up against the other two leaders? I'm not necessarily, um, because no seat was really available. Uh, but there is a seat that will become available. I mean, some yep. would argue there's two seats that will become available. That you know, Tom Mulcairn will sit in Outremont, and Kennedy Stewart in British Columbia. Those two seats are NDP seats. Mm-hmm. So, is there one of them that he could run in and try to, you know, get known and get his profile up a little bit and compete uh, compete with the other leaders on the same stage? Uh, I think it would be wise to do so. However, if there was a mistake made by New Democrats, I would argue it's probably by ousting the leader who had the second best record in terms of electoral success in the history of the NDP-CCF. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I almost wonder that had Mr. Mulcair had a chance to stay on, and I know the, the, the immediate reaction is, you know, have a leadership uh, review and, and dump the leader and, and try to reform yourself. But I wonder now, in hindsight, given the uh, shine has come off of Mr. Trudeau, had Mr. Mulcair uh, had a chance to kind of stick around, he could have become, I think, a very big thorn in Mr. Trudeau's side. Uh, absolutely, and and no offense to the NDP front bench, but a leader uh, going toe-to-toe with the prime minister is way more effective, gets more airtime, and is able to get the message across. And and we know Tom Mulcair's skills in the House of Commons. I mean, one of the reasons Stephen Harper was so resoundingly defeated last yeah. time was because Tom Mulcair was up day in and day out, putting his feet to the fire and getting answers to very tough questions about accountability on the Senate side and, and other files. And so just imagine how Tom Mulcair would have been in the House of Commons if he had been able to ask questions to Justin Trudeau about the Khan trip, for instance. Yeah. Uh, it would have been something to see, but unfortunately, the Democrats decided to go another way. And right now, um, I, I'm not sure that it's working out for them. No, it's not. And so, you know, there are rumblings, I guess, in the Ottawa circles that be behind the scenes. There's there's conversations starting, you know, do we dump this guy as our leader? Do you get the sense there's any truth to that kind of gossip? Well, I mean, certainly people, uh, some people are raising these issues, uh, but I don't have the sense that there's any kind of a plan formed by by New Democrats inside or outside caucus to try to oust thing at this point, mm-hmm. but the fact that these grumblings are happening, that the fact that people are talking, the fact that the scenario, scenario is even talked about, must be a serious concern for Jagmeet Singh, and it's for him to f- try to figure out a way to, uh, to 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 handle it and move forward. Because if that lingers on, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there will be no time to choose a new leader. Although, as we just saw in Ontario, yes, you can pick a new leader very close to the election and still succeed. Well, you can, but the difference is Ontario and Ontarians had decided that they were absolutely fed up. They absolutely wanted change. So I think you could have actually run a rabid uh, cat and they would have voted for it. That's the difference. Federally, I think people are um, disappointed by Mr. Trudeau, but they may not be so disappointed that they're willing to park their vote with, with Jagmeet Singh, who's, who's not leaving much of an impression. And, and certainly from the left side of the spectrum, the case has not been made about how or why we should replace 
the Justin Trudeau government by an NDP government. Right. Uh, you know, Canadians are seeing what they're seeing. Uh, they're not totally satisfied with Justin Trudeau, but at the same time, they're not given a reason to necessarily vote right. against him, especially on the left side of the spectrum. I think on the right side of the spectrum, uh, the Conservatives are doing okay. Andrew Scheer is not exactly, uh, you know, putting a nation on fire, but he's establishing a contrast with Justin Trudeau, and that contrast is working, and in fact, for the first time since the 2015 election, the Conservatives picked up a seat from the Liberals in the by-election, and that's the first crack in Justin Trudeau's shiny armor. Yeah, I mean, by-elections are often kind of brushed off, but if you're the opposition who happens to win that seat, and it's in Quebec, uh, people do take notice, not to mention the NDP dropped, and so that signals we're in trouble. So you've run campaigns. You've been part of of that party for a long, long time. So you, you, both provincially and federally, what would your advice be, and what should the strategy be? Because if they don't want to get outlefted, like we saw in Ontario by again Justin Trudeau, they've they've got to start making their mark and, and coming out with an alternative at some point soon. Uh, absolutely, and and so you need to stop the bleeding. You need to stop the hemorrhage, and you need to go on the offensive. Because right now, and I think for the past six months, the party has been on this defensive, and you don't convince anyone when you spend your time defending yourself. So pick up, pick out the issues on on which Justin Trudeau is vulnerable, and go really hard at it. Mm-hmm. For instance, it took months for the party to make a decision on where it stood on the Kinder Morgan pipeline. It's finally decided they're against it. Fine. So you decide to pick up that issue and run with it. Because right now, even people who care about this issue and are opposed to Kinder Morgan are not necessarily voting for the NDP. Right. Uh, any chance you'll jump in and, and help them out? Or, or are you just going to sit on the sidelines and watch this thing unfold? I am happy to be retired. And I can tell you <laughs> that my wife is even happier. Yeah, I bet she is. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll keep watching. Carl, thank you. Thank you so much. That is Carl Belanger, no doubt. That guy with 22 hours a day, 23 hours a day. Uh, we have some funny road trip stories from back in the day when I was on the campaign with the NDP when Mr. Hampton was <laughs> running in the province a long time ago. All right, we'll keep an eye on that. It'll be interesting because where, where there's smoke, there's generally a little fire. So if, if a guy like Carl Belanger is not denying that the conversations are being had, chances are the conversations are being had. And I have to think some of the more senior members of the NDP are really pissed right now. They're not too happy because you should have seen some movement at this point with some of the favorability, certainly with the fundraising dollars. But that by-election on Monday that no one's really talking about, that also signals there may be some troubles brewing. On Point, I'm Alex Pearson, and this is Global News Radio.